Doctor. That's an alien world out there, Joe. Think of it. I don't want to think of it. I want to go back to Earth. But do you realize how long I've been confined to one planet? All that talk of yours about traveling in time and space, it was true. Well, of course it was true. Before I was stranded on Earth, I spent all my time exploring new worlds and seeking the wonders of the universe. But you don't know what's out there. Then let's find out. And thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Caleb. And I'm Mac. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode and give their thoughts on it. And today we're talking about the colony in space. Oh, yes. Colony in space. Not to be confused with the wheel in space or plenty of other Doctor Who stories that are just blank in space. (laughs) (laughs) Colony in Space was written by Malcolm Hulk, was directed by Michael Bryant, and produced by Barry Letts. It aired April 10th, 1971 to May 15th, 1971. Well, Caleb, looks like you're going to have your work cut out for you for this one. I don't like the sound of that. Well, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but... The colony in space doesn't exactly fire off the imagination synapses. Oh, yeah, for that. Yeah, that, that's going to be a problem. I will tell you, maybe this might help you a little bit. The writer, Malcolm Hulk, co-wrote The Faceless Ones, co-wrote The War Games. He solo wrote Doctor Who and the Silurians. And he also did a couple of rewrites for Ambassadors of Death. So, you know, overall a pretty good writer. Part of me has high hopes for this story, just like in general, but mostly I just want to, I just want it to be mouthwash for after we just finished Claws of Axos. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Caleb, given everything you know about Doctor Who, and given the title of this episode, The Colony in Space, what do you think this episode's going to be about? <sighs> this is the first TARDIS trip that the third Doctor has gone on, if that helps at all. So, <laughs> which means that it actually can be even more about anything than it would have been if he was still on Earth. <laughs> I have an idea, but I I worry it's too edge lord. But I'm gonna say it anyway. Fuck it, go for it. Fuck I'll it. just make fun of your Warhammer <laughs> fanboy ass afterwards. No, it's not quite. It's not quite Warhammer. It's a little more cringe than that. Okay. Oh, now I can't wait. But the Doctor is bored, and he's like, "Man, that guy, the Master, was awfully cool." And then the master appears and he's like, hey, doctor, want to go on a super special secret adventure for me? I've got a place you're going to love. And he takes the doctor to a colony in space, which is the master's harem. It's Epstein's island in space. <laughs> and then just, it's just six episodes of nothing but 1970s Doctor Who porn. Yes. <laughs> this episode did not go on air. It was the band episode. <laughs> basically still starring john pertwee though yes all the actors are there <laughs> well you shot your shot caleb i think you're gonna be slightly off just a little <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> but gosh let's see if you're right on that note we will see you all in the future i cannot wait to be technically right <laughs> 
Ah, uh, God, I hope you're not. <laughs> Let's get going. <laughs> That's the noise Time Lords make when they have sex. <laughs> And we're back. May have just been a couple seconds for you, but it was 11 days for us. I think this is the story that is going to make me change how it is I go about watching these. Yeah. Because how it's gone for the entire time we've been doing this podcast, we we finish up recording, we do the intro for the next episodes, and then I get super excited and I watch all of them, and then... I wait and wait for you to watch them. And that's not a judgment on your end. You're a busy guy. You have three children. Uh, so you <laughs> you don't have the sticking your thumb up the butt uh, free time like I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I'm waiting. And so by the time we get to uh, recording for the episode, I've lost track of what the hell happened in the episode. In fact, one of my notes, I watched all of Colony in Space all in one day because it was a very slow day at work. And I think one of my notes is I just got finished watching it and I already forget what I already forgot what happens in it. (laughs) And then 10 days later, we're recording. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny because I just watched half of this story at work and I can still really barely tell you what happened in it. Okay, so maybe it's just this story specifically. Maybe that's the problem. It definitely is the way I kind of drag my feet because I watched the first episode of this like way back, like the first day you messaged me. Mac also does this great thing where we record an episode one night and then the next day he's like, all right, I've watched all six episodes. I'm ready when you are. <laughs> well, I just want you to be uh, just like, okay, I'm, it balls in your court. Whenever you're free, we got this. <laughs> So, like, I, I watched the first episode, I was like, boy, howdy, I am not motivated to keep watching this story. And then I think I, it was five days before I tried to again. I, I remember watching it and then being like, okay, okay, this could be interesting. But, like, by the end of it, I was just like, this is, no, this is not a good episode. This is my second to least favorite in my rankings right now. It's the recurring problem with this Doctor of, man, like, there are some interesting concepts. I just wish they were done well. Yeah. Because, look, evil space corporation trying to push out colonists for profit, that's shit I would be into. In sure. In almost every other circumstance. Sure. This isn't, like, a bad episode. Claws of Axos was bad. This episode was just kind of... Yeah. Like, we're gonna we're gonna look back on this... And be like, so what happened? Did we watch that? I don't feel like we watched that. It's going to be like the equivalent of the smugglers from the first Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, there were, I remember there being a couple of interesting things, but what happened in that one again? <laughs> <laughs> I could tell things were going wrong when I started to side with the evil corporation. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, just bulldoze them so the episode end already. I I kind of sided with the evil corporation a couple of times, but probably not for the same reason you, you did, I'm going to assume. <laughs> um, but uh, let's let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, let's, let's just dive right in. Let's try, for the love of God, to fire up some synapses in my brain 
to try and remember what the fuck happened in this, ne- in this episode. <laughs> this is like Halo Blood episode. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, episode one. The episode begins with the Time Lords discussing something called the Doomsday Weapon, and they decide they need the Doctor's help in stopping the Master from using it. They temporarily relieve his exile to use him. As Joe and the Doctor experiment on the TARDIS, they accidentally travel to another planet. Joe was shocked at first, but travels with the Doctor anyway instead of being pissed about it. The two travel a barren landscape and are stalked by the goofiest alien you will ever see. They are eventually captured by someone, cut to the colony, where an argument is breaking out between the colony members and their leader, Ash. As the Doctor helps the colonists by talking about crops, the goofy aliens steal the TARDIS. Two colonists are killed by a strange creature, and the colonists' desire to leave intensifies. A wandering man is brought into the colony, and he explains his colony was wiped out by strange creatures and the native aliens. The aliens in question have a seemingly peaceful relationship with the colonists. As the doctor investigates the murder site, a giant robot storms in and attacks him. Before this episode started, I knew ahead of time that the master was going to be in every story in this episode, in this season, and I was like, okay, so... Now that the Doctor kind of has control of the TARDIS, I I was curious how they were going to justify the fact that the Doctor and the Master landed in the exact same space. And the answer is pretty simple. The Time Lords are just like, go over there and push this TARDIS (laughs) to one specific location. I very much want to see more of that where the Time Lords like direct the TARDIS somewhere to go. And he's like, ah, yes, exactly where I intended to be. I know of at least two other times that happens <laughs> so <laughs> yeah we have not seen the last of the annoying ass time lords yet <laughs> so i'm genuinely surprised this was the first time that joe had entered the tardis the brigadier i can buy he's just like yep that's the doctor's weird box he probably does sex stuff in there <laughs> But, like, Joe, I feel like, would be curious enough to be like, so what is in here? Holy shit! Same with Liz. It's, I, I, I still want to know if Liz ever went, went, wandered into the TARDIS at some point. I keep forgetting that we never saw Liz in the TARDIS. Liz never went to TARDIS. But she was working on the TARDIS console in Inferno, which means maybe she, like, helped get it out of the TARDIS? And she did witness a genocide. Ergo, <laughs> Liz was a companion. <laughs> Uh, and Joe is also officially a companion. No real genocides that happen in this story. Well, are you are I, you sure? I you lie. Sure that I lie. Classifies as genocide. I, re, re, Caleb, you're gonna have to remind me about a couple of things. I forgot <laughs> about the genocide of an entire alien race. I apologize. <laughs> On that note, this is another exciting episode of Is Caleb Okay with Genocide? In this episode, <laughs> stay tuned. We need to. We need to. Uh, commission someone to make some like game show music <laughs> that I can play over this. Like it's time for everyone's favorite game show. Is Caleb okay with genocide? <laughs> and just my face with a big thumbs up. <laughs> the answer may surprise you. <laughs> the answer may surprise you. Um, it won't. Just a tiny little uh, uh, thing I noticed that bothered me throughout this whole episode is that uh, the TARDIS. It had the like the whirring noise every time it dematerialized, uh, but it didn't fade out. It just popped, and <laughs> that that annoyed me. That's not what the TARDIS does. That's fucking lazy, guys. Come on. <laughs> My first real note on the episode is when so they 
dematerialize and they go to the planet whose name I refuse to remember. Did it even have a uh, No, it did have a name. Yeah, it's like your Araxis or it, something. Uh, they said it and then I ran towards Wiki. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking even try to remember that. Alien planet name number 367. Like, it's... Please continue. So, like, the planet comes up on the monitor thing. Uh, it used to have a name. I don't remember what it is anymore. Scanner. Scanner, that's right. And Joe's like, well, where are we? And the doctor's like, we're on an alien planet. And instead of being like, take me back to Earth right now, you fucking psycho old man. She's just like, okay, we'll go wander, I guess. Uh, well, no, 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 no. She did have that moment. No, 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 no. She, she has a little bit of it. Not enough. She, she's like, Doctor, what do you mean we're not on Earth? And he's like, sorry, nothing I can do about it now. We well, might as well go explore. She, she's she, like, okay. She definitely had a moment where she was like, oh, cool, awesome. So we can go back now, right? Like, right now we can go back? And he's like, yeah, about that. No, no, we can't. Because Time Lords are bullshit. I guess I, guess I just... Re- I cannot rationalize in any sense of the word why anyone would step out foot out of the TARDIS. We're like, well, you can't go back. You might as well go fucking die on an alien <laughs> planet. And I do think the doctor had like a moment of like, yeah, I'm, I could probably finagle the TARDIS enough that we could get back to Earth. But it's been a while since I've been on a non-Earth planet. One quick hit. Just one quick hit. That's all I need. And then we'll go straight back to Earth. I promise. We're going to go take a walk around the block. There's definitely not going to be aliens. I'm definitely not going to get pulled into some bullshit plot. And everything will be fine. Spoiler alert. Six episodes later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but see, it's funny because I have the note of, quote, I like that Joe has a pretty realistic reaction to being on another world. Fascination. But also, I'd like to get off this ride now, please. No, no, not nearly enough. Get off this ride. (laughs) Oh, you will be forever bitter that every companion is not Ben. Yes, I will be, actually. (laughs) Uh, I hope that we get at least one more companion who just does not want to be there. And it's just like, you guys go do that. I'm going to be smart and stay here until I get back to Earth. Not to give too much away, I know that there is... It's it's not for a while, so you're going to forget it by the time I mention this. There is at least one companion who never leaves the TARDIS. And they they are my favorite. <laughs> but uh, they, they go and, you know, they check things out. And um, Joe points out a, a real... I forget whether it's Joe or the Doctor points out. But there's, like, a real cool rock over here. And, like, uh, the Doctor bends down and is, like, looking at it, scrutinizing it. And then he licks it. Which I really liked because that is a thing that actual geologists do. So I was just like, I don't know if that was improv by John Pertwee or something, but I appreciated the fact that he licked the rock. (laughs) Yes, because the doctor is a scientist of all sorts, as he says three or four times in this episode. Yeah, he does. He does say that next episode. Yeah, he says that. And then they are stalked by the absolute derpiest fucking alien you've ever seen in your life. I'm not sure if I would call it the derpiest alien. We've seen a lot of fucking derpy aliens on on Doctor Who. Maybe fugly is a better word. Fugly is a good word. I like fugly. <laughs> but how do I explain this to you, dear viewers? It's a green alien whose face is smooshed. It's like if the jolly green giant shrank 
but his skin stayed the same size. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> they, they get stalked by the aliens. It's kind of unimpressed by the aliens. But then they get to the colony. And um, I feel like the colonists have an understandable worry in terms of, like, I don't want the big fucking corporations to come in and and gut everything that we've accomplished here. Even though they've accomplished very little. I hate big business. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I also hate big business. But counterpoint. The colonists have accomplished nothing, and um, I think it's David is his name, is really, I'm on his side for about half the episode until he changes his mind for seemingly no reason. Because uh, David's like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, it's it's time to cut our losses and leave. This place sucks. Everyone hates it here. And then Ash is like, no, we've done so much. And I'm like, I'm with David. Let's cut our losses and get the fuck out of this hellhole and get away from these horribly hideous aliens. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because... Um... It'd be one thing if the corporations were going to, like, buy them out, but that's obviously not what was actually going to happen. I believe the uh, the term sunk cost fallacy is brought up in my notes quite a few times here. Because that's ultimately the only argument they have against it, or against leaving, which is, well, we've already done so much work. <laughs> we've already tried and got so far. And in the end... But in the end, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> And then, Caleb, oh, God, their special effects. I love their special effects. This That's one of my favorite things about this goddamn show, if I'm going to be honest. Because <laughs> their colony house is being attacked by a giant monster. And he opens up the door. <laughs> and it's just like, it's a green screen effect that someone just zoomed in on a lizard. Yep. And it's supposed to, like, imply that it's being attacked by a giant lizard, but it's just, it's just a fucking iguana. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just a zoom-in image of an iguana, and they're like, ah! Like, I'd be more like, what the fuck? Why do we have an iguana on this planet? Are there giant iguanas I can ride? Okay, this planet got way cooler. <laughs> and then the doctor is, uh... He's going to go investigate what happened and tells Joe to to get some sleep. And she's like, I'm paraphrasing here, but she's like, how the fuck exactly do you expect me to sleep when a giant fuck off lizard is attacking the colony? No, I think that's word for word what she said. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. God. OK, Caleb, I'm 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 needing to rely on you here. How did they get to the colony? Um, They're held by gunpoint by some dude from the colony. OK. And they're like, you're going back to the colony with us. OK. And then another man is also captured at gunpoint because he's been wandering the desert for months. Wink. Wink. Uh, talking about, oh my gosh, my colony was destroyed by these big lizard monsters. Uh, I watched everyone I know die to those gross green aliens. You guys should leave. I had so many friends there, like... Jeff. And... Shit. Um... Becky? Yeah, Becky. Becky was also there. Um, Colonist A and (laughs) Colonist B. And of course, who could forget Colonist C? I always felt that Colonist C and I had quite a connection. I'll never forget the night I spent with Colonist C under the stars. And we looked (laughs) in each other's eyes. (laughs) And I... Okay, so this is something that bugs me. And it was one of the main reasons why I was like, fuck the colony. The colony is supposed to be the good guys, but they're really not... Because repeatedly, repeatedly, the colonists have assured the Doctor and Joe 
that there is no intelligent life anywhere on this planet. We've seen a couple of bugs. We've seen some plant life. But there, there's no intelligent life anywhere on this planet. Oh, by the way, I'd like to introduce you to my personal assistant, Gluer. Uh, he's from the ruined city just down the block, a couple blocks down. Anyway, there is no intelligent life on this planet. Uh, can he get? Can he get you anything? <laughs> now, here, uh, he's telepathic, and he can read your mind when you say stuff to him, so he understands what you're saying. No intelligence. None, none whatsoever. Absolutely no intelligent life on this planet. That's one of the main reasons why I hate this colonist. Because, <laughs> I don't know, spoiler alert? It's not, I guess. The main theme of this episode, and the writer went on record saying it, it's basically like a criticism of British colonialism. Rad and cool. Yeah, which is rad and cool, except that I don't think he quite took away the right lessons from colonialism is bad because it seemed to be man the original colonies that first settled down into this new land are totally cool it's the people who are trying to oppress the colonists that are bad but there are already people living there <laughs> i'm sorry what the natives who who, who? what uh, no no we didn't find any intelligent life there <laughs> <laughs> that's my biggest problem with this story my big problem with the Colonists is they're annoying. And Ash is the opposite of a lot of the kind of like base leaders that we've had recently where like they're so stubborn and so arrogant and hate the doctor so much they'll ignore everything. Whereas Ash is just really chill and like, hey guys, that's not really a problem. Everything you're talking about, it's not really that big of a deal. Until the planet almost blows up. And he's also like yeah, man, I know you just got here and we are pretty sure that you're a spy from Earth and that you're probably here to ruin what's left of our crops and uh, sabotage us. But yeah, you can you can totally have complete and free reign of the entire colony. It's fine. You're right. He is the exact polar opposite of what we usually expect from directors <laughs> of, <laughs> of bases. So that leans him more into that other alien race in the Dominators, you know, the ones who deserve to be enslaved. Ash, Ash is that. <laughs> the colonists deserve to be decimated by the corporation. <laughs> Anyone who goes into, like, a corporation who is, like, very flagrantly lying and willing to do anything to make you leave, and she's like, yeah, we'll talk it out, man. We'll, we'll see who's right in the eyes of the law. You're going to get fucking destroyed, and you kind of deserve it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of this podcast, you're going to be just like, it's going to be like night and day. Like by the end of the podcast, you're going to be pro-fascism and like, look, some people just deserve <laughs> to be slaves. All right. <laughs> look, I'm not saying I want slaves. I'm just saying some people deserve it. <laughs> I can't wait to write my big fascist manifesto about how Doctor Who radicalized me. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like the opposite effect the show is trying to Then at some point you get to a chapter and it's like, and then they made a woman the doctor? What the hell was that? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> uh, and then the doctor gets attacked by something that is somehow even stupider looking than the war machines. <laughs> is it the big hands? It's, it's the big... I don't want to call them Hulk hands, but like they're like big claws that are just like... Rawr. 
It's a robot who seems like it has been specifically designed to walk, to move its arms like Frankenstein. And that's it. That's the only thing that robot would do, right? Basically, it's like a battle bot, but lame. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Now, listen, if if its face was a saw blade, I'd be like, okay, this is cool. This is just a murder bot. But, like, all it is is, like, these two long arms with the huge... <laughs> stupid cartoonish claws that just like Like, go up and down up and down like if you turn to your side and just kind of like squeeze through you can just be like between the two arms like (laughs) this thing is so easy to avoid (laughs) yeah and it just storms in out of nowhere with no context yeah um and that's episode one that's episode one baby moving on to episode two Before the robot attacks the doctor, a strange man named Caldwell deactivates it and confronts the doctor. He claims he is with the IMC and that the doctor has to come with him for questioning. Joe watches as tension continues to grow between Ash and the colonists, namely with a man named David. Cut to the IMC ship and they are interested in mining the plant for Duralinium and they are willing to lie and subvert the law to push the colonists out. The IMC command believes that the doctor is a spy from Earth and lock him in a room. They decide to take him back to the colony and organize a meeting between Ash and the IMC leader, Dent. After power is cut to the colony, Dent reveals to Caldwell that they will kill the Doctor because he threatens their operation, and Caldwell does not like that plan. The Doctor, now back in the dome, is confronted by another IMC guard named Morgan, who attacks the Doctor again with a robot, but this time with big fake monster hands. That's right. Now it's big fake monster hands. It's Caldwell, right? Caldwell, the guy with the mustache. Yeah. The IMC guy with the mustache. There's a lot of mustached people in this episode. <laughs> yeah. But Caldwell's the one who, like, initially is, like, has the doctor cornered. And he asks him if he's some kind of scientist. And the doctor responds with, I'm every kind of scientist. And I'm like, that's a dumb but badass line. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, you're kind of an asshole. But you say cool things sometimes. He's like, I'm every kind of scientist. And then when someone needs medical assistance, he's like, I'm not that kind of doctor. Then the colonists are all talking about, "Ah, maybe we should go. Maybe we should go. And then Joe, of all people, says, you can't just give up after all the work you've put in. I'm like, yeah, haven't you ever heard of the sunk cost fallacy? Come on. Come on. (laughs) If you just keep working, it'll work. Come on. Pull on that slot machine arm one more time. It'll definitely happen this time. Don't worry. And then uh, Joe is asking questions about the... They, they don't have a name. What what should we call these these aliens? Spinachoids? They call them the primitives the whole time? Yeah. And that made me feel icky. See, see my, so. my note, because they're starting to talk about the aliens, and uh, my note is, can we please call them literally anything other than the primitives, please? And then immediately after I wrote down that note, someone called them the savages. And I'm like, no, savages is not better. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, please, anything. I refer to them as the aliens the whole the time. The aliens, the natives, the spinachoids, whatever we want to call them. Yeah, just anything but primitives, please. The IMC, I think, stands for uh, Interplanetary Mining Company. Mining Company. Yeah, very, very clever name. Yeah, something like that. The doctors brought back to their ship, and they uh, keep him in this room. And it's like, the entertainment console is over there if you want to get yourself comfortable. And the doctor, like, turns it on and, like, the curtain, like, curtains part and the screen turns on. And it's just showing, like, a whole bunch of, like, 
war propaganda. <laughs> and my note is, what is this, a Michael Bay film? You call this an entertainment console? <laughs> this is just the news. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I think, another critique I have of this episode. And that's, my God, it really emphasizes world building that I just don't feel like is going to matter ever again. Because <laughs> it talks a lot about, like, the politics between Earth and the IMC and the colonists and like the like ten, four or five minutes of the last episode was just the history of the colony. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, the thing about Doctor Who is that sometimes, yes, the the history and lore of the universe is relevant, um, but also he has literally all of time and space at his beck and call, so. Any lore that's established right now is more than likely only relevant for right now. Because a thousand years from now, the situation is going to be different. So mm -hmm. colonists are talking about how they're being pushed off the planet. And uh, they say they at one point said we were here first. I was like, well, you know, the first people that mattered that were here first. You know how it is. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sorry, aliens. What? Aliens? Ooh. What? What? Who? Huh? I don't see any aliens. I see savages. <laughs> I don't see aliens. <laughs> I don't. Uh. I don't see race. I like to think of us as all just one big colony. <laughs> it's just one of us is the colony and the other isn't. <laughs> <laughs> see, they joined the colony and now we're all just one big colony. It's that's really just how I like to think of it. <laughs> But boy, howdy, there is a lot of talking in this episode. And that's really all that happens is the doctor goes and talks on the ship for a little bit. Joe talks to the colonists for a little bit. And then the doctor goes back to the ship or the colony. Yeah. When the doctor is being like driven across the dunes, they tr they get stopped by uh, the aliens. And just to really drive it home, the aliens are wearing loincloths and holding spears. Anyway, they like stop the, st stop the car and the doctor gets out and just fucking wrecks him like he just goes <laughs> yeah full-on kung fu fighting and just spearmaster <laughs> just fucking absolutely annihilates them and then gets back in the car and then they keep driving like <laughs> so this scene was just him beating up <laughs> some dudes who have sticks all right cool basically they could have they literally could have kept driving but the doctor was like no 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 let me take care of this <laughs> I absolutely condone violence, except when I feel like doing it. <laughs> condemn, not condone. We cut back to the colony, and uh, Joe says, no, 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 the the new guy, the guy who had been attacked, wink, uh, was, like, being shown around the colony. And uh, they meet the, he meets the electrical engineer, and uh, he asks, is Holden your only electrical engineer? And they respond with, well, he's the only one who would come with us. We'd be lost without him. My sub note is, and start the clock. <laughs> Holden has... <laughs> Who had Holden in the death? Literally, the next scene... I don't fucking remember what the dude's name is. I don't remember anybody's name. But the the wink guy uh, it comes into the engineering room. And Holden has one of... <laughs> one of the locals as his assistant... And uh, Wink Dude just comes up and bashes the local uh, in the back of the head with a, with a wrench. I'm like, you'd think a, a creature with telepathic abilities would sense a guy coming up behind him to kill him, but you'd be wrong. 
and then immediately turns and kills Holden. And I was just like, wow, he lasted even lo- less than I thought he would. <laughs> like, I thought they would give him at least like half an episode or an entire episode before he dies and shit goes to hell. No, it was like next scene after he was introduced. Man, things would go really bad if Holden ever died. Oh no, Holden's dead! <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Well, at least it's not dragging it out. You could say that in the episode's favor. <laughs> yeah, at least it's not dragging it out as this episode ends the exact same way as the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it's a give and take, right? Like... We learned a little bit about the bad guys, and the engineer is dead, but other than that, literally all of the pieces end the exact same way where they began. Yeah! I feel like this episode could have been skipped, I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, well, oh, okay, so here's my big critique of this episode, and my critique of six episode structures in general is they try to do too much and simultaneously do nothing with both of them. Yeah. So, like, this could have been an episode about the conflict between the colonists and the native aliens or the colonists and the corporation trying to push them out. I feel like we need to pick a lane and not try and do both. Yeah, very, very true. Because that ends with nothing really being resolved, I feel. Like, I feel like I get to the end of this episode and I was like, well, I mean, like, the colonists, spoiler, technically win. The corporation's beaten, the primitives are genocided. All dead, just (laughs) all of them, complete massacre. (laughs) So I guess the colonists won, but I don't feel like anyone learned anything. I don't feel like it was even earned because it wasn't even anyone anything. It wasn't anything anyone besides the doctor and the master doing something that caused that. Big criticism I have of this story that I will bring up in the next episode, but... um... It, it is it is relating to what you just said. <laughs> My opinion, cut out one of those factions, make it four fucking episodes, and just make it about that thing. And that's it. I feel like that's probably our most common note in this entire show. Just, just make it four episodes. Just, <laughs> come on, just make it four episodes. It's fine. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, so... I think when you said it's been, it'll be nothing but fours and sixes from here, I think there has been two fours since you said that. But to be clear, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, they are fours and sixes. Except the next one is a five, I think, because I counted. Next one is a five. Fun fact, next one is actually the last five. I (laughs) I think there have only been two previous fives. They were the Mind Robber and the Dominators. But it is technically the last five. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that either. Yeah. But yes, my critique, and I'm probably just going to write it down in my notes every time I, I say it's a six-parter. It should be a four-parter. Yep. It's an auto note. When I actually do have just, like, a bunch of free time, I genuinely want to, like, go to all the episodes that I can go to and just edit them down into, like, one 45-minute long episode. That would be great. Why don't we start doing that? I honestly think that would be kind of fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) So join us next time when we watch An Unearthly Child. (laughs) The one single episode of An Unearthly Child. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I got nothing else to say on this episode. So, episode three. The doctor manages to escape Morgan and his robot. Dent arrives at the colony to engage negotiations, but the doctor informs them of the IMC's plans. 
an adjudicator will be arriving to hear the cases of both parties and determine who has the proper claim of the planet. The Doctor doesn't care about any of this and just wants the TARDIS back. Joe and David sneak onto the IMC ship and are immediately captured. They are taken to one of the alien caves and locked in with a set of bombs. When the Doctor confronts Dent, he realizes Joe is in danger and returns to the colony. David manages to escape and plans on assaulting the ship to rescue Joe. The Doctor helps him infiltrate and capture Dent, but he tells them that Joe has already been abducted by the aliens. Ash and the Doctor go to the cave, and he resolves to confront the aliens in their own city. This is another episode where it's just a lot of talking. Yeah, it is just a lot of talking. And in the, over the course of this story, in addition to all the standing around and talking, the Doctor has also uh, kung fu fought an entire squad of natives also kicked a dude like roundhouse kicked a dude's gun out of his hand and like shown that he's a badass. You cannot have that and also have him cowering at these animatronic claw things. Yeah. You you can't have both. Pick one. (laughs) I want to see him suplex the robot. (laughs) (laughs) Suplex the train. (laughs) I think I've been pointed why I think this is my favorite doctor so far. He's the quickest to be like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) But like the other two have been very meddling and they're like, ooh, let's try and solve this problem's political struggles. And this doctor's like, this sounds like a lot of work. Can I leave? Just like, has anyone seen my car? (laughs) (laughs) But the doctor does eventually get back to the colony and he's going to go help with something i don't know i've lost track of this this is another hot potato script where it's literally just mm-hmm. them being passed back and forth between uh like the three locations mm-hmm. and the doctor's about to go do something important probably and joe says that uh she'll come with him the doctor says oh no joe no it's too dangerous and like basically sticks her back on the bench and i think this is one of the reasons why I like the second Doctor more than the third. On that note of the third being your favorite, the second Doctor is my favorite because it feels like he didn't put down his companions as much. It feels like three is constantly sidelining Joe. And he did that more than a couple of times with Liz. And I'm starting to get sick of it. <laughs> yeah, I get and definitely say that like Joe does not really contribute much at all to this story. This story, she is absolutely nothing beyond being like a damsel in distress because she's captured and the doctor has to rescue her so yeah i could i could definitely see that as a valid criticism because yeah we just haven't had any like real banger moments with companions with the third doctor not yet not yet at least uh i mean i mean like they have had some like individual things but like there's not this like long list of like like we don't have a jamie at the moment right we're like yeah remember that cool thing jamie did in that episode oh and in that episode he did that yeah yeah Joe has had a couple of cool moments, I think, um, but she hasn't had like a capital M moment, you know. Mm-hmm. If if she were to leave the show right now, I'm not sure I'd really be able to pin down like a favorite moment. <laughs> Joe. Yeah. Yeah, and then we turn turns out that Wink guy was actually a member of IMC, and I was like, wow, I'd be surprised if that wasn't absolutely totally fucking obvious. <laughs> God, really? The guy who sabotaged the colony and and killed their engineer. Really? The guy who said that he was from another colony, even though there has never been another colony on this planet before? Really? That guy was the traitor? You don't say. I know I just said that Joe didn't really, hasn't really had any, like, really great moments yet. That being said, 
she did have a pretty cool moment here where she's like shackled to the bomb and the IMC guy is like, you better, you better not try to escape. If you do, this entire cell will blow up and kill you. And then the guy uh, leaves the cell and Joe's just like, right. So anyway, I'm going to escape now <laughs> and, and then gets out of her shackles with just some oil. So yeah, give, give Joe anything. You cannot tell that broad what to do. <laughs> I, which I appreciate. I, of course, yes. appreciate that. I do love it. I, I love the fact that she is constantly, like, defying what people tell her that she can and can't do. I like that. What I want is for them to utilize her. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Joe's really good at this. Have her go do this. Instead of telling her to uh, sit down and then she has to go do that by defying orders. Like, that that's all I want. <laughs> I just want someone to appreciate Joe, damn it. Yeah. I, I honestly don't remember this episode that much. I just know that there's a lot of talking and Joe slips out of the bomb thing and then gets captured by the aliens. Basically. Is there anything else that happens in this episode? Well. Well, is this the episode where, yeah, because the doctor does like pull a master and becomes a master of disguise because him and David sneak onto the ship. And are immediately caught. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, they literally walk by a guy, and the doc- and the guy just, like, watches them go by. He's like, hey, you. <laughs> you don't work here. <laughs> and the guy just goes, hey, you, and the doctor just turns off into a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that I, I did like was that, like, the doctor is brought forward to Dent, and he basically threatens him to not interfere because that because he has big plans for destroying the colony. And he's basically like, you better not tell them uh, about our plans, Doctor. And he's like, okay. And the Doctor goes and immediately tells the colony leader, hey, (laughs) Dent's planning on killing you. What I don't like is that then the colony leader's reaction to that is immediately wanting to go confront Dent. And basically say, hey, don't blow up our colony. As if that would do anything. Yeah. Well, again, we've established that Ash is... So chill, it's weak-willed. Yeah. I didn't have a big problem with Ash when I was watching it, but now that we're talking about him, I'm like, I think I hate that guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> at first I was like, man, this David guy is like really aggressive against Ash. He needs to chill the fuck out. But the more it went, I was more like, God, someone just beat that guy up. It's like, I would also try to incite a coup against Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Because, um, uh, like, when David escapes, he just comes in and he just starts gathering guns. And they're like, what are you going to do? And he's like, oh, my plan is to shoot everyone until they leave. And I was like, yeah, that guy gets it. <laughs> Doesn't he have, like, a moment of, like, yeah, I'm going to shoot everybody until they leave. And Ash is like, no, you can't do that. And David is like, uh-huh. And then just, like, leaves the room <laughs> with the guns. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what he does. <laughs> this is another one of my big criticisms of this story we've kind of touched on a little bit of just like this story doesn't really have like enough of a focus because it's at this point that I'm like, okay, where the fuck is the master? (laughs) It is established at the very tippy top of this story that the master has his hands on some sort of doomsday weapon and is such a threat that the time Lords themselves are needing to intervene on the, on uh, the world universe's behalf and sends the doctor to go stop him. Where the fuck is the master? (laughs) An episode in which he is one of the primary villains, he does not get introduced until episode four. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? (laughs) Now, again, 
in the context of this should be four episodes, it should be Max he's introduced in episode two. But I do kind of like the way he's integrated into the story. I just wish it was sooner. Yes, exactly. I, I like what they did with him. They just didn't do it soon enough. Yeah. So I guess on that note, I should read episode four, huh? Well, before we do, weird fucking cliffhanger. Joe was brought into the alien ruins and then just like the door closes behind them. And then it's just like a slow zoom in to Joe's face. And she looks vaguely worried. And then credits roll. (laughs) That wasn't much of a cliffhanger. I felt like it felt like we were about to transition into the next scene, not end the episode. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. When when this episode ended, I was like, oh, that was the end of the episode? That was weird. Yeah. Anyway, now I'm done. All right, so here we go. Joe is led into a chamber hidden in a rock, and the doctor follows to confront the aliens. The adjudicator arrives, and it turns out it's the master. The Doctor and Joe meet a different alien, smaller, paler, and more wrinkly. It seems to imply the two will be sacrificed for entering the city. Oh, and there's a courtroom drama happening between the colonists and the IMC. The Doctor and Joe try and fail to escape and are brought into a central chamber. There, they meet an even smaller, even paler, even more wrinkly alien that can communicate normally. It explains that the punishment for entering their city is usually death, but they will let it slide this time as long as they never return. Joe and the Doctor enter to see the Master running the court proceeding, and he immediately calls an end to it. The Master tells Ash that the colonists must prove the site has historic importance to resist resist the demands of the IMC. David escalates tensions with the colony, and a gunfight starts. I do appreciate, this is the ironic definition of the word appreciate, that um, Joe wasn't really all that scared about the wrinkly green men. Like, she was intimidated, obviously, enough to be cowed into the into the city, but she wasn't really, like, scared of them. And then she meets a shorter gray one, and now she's screaming. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why now? <laughs> why are you screaming now? I don't understand. Mac, you can tell it's scary because it's wrinkly. It's even more wrinkly, and this one's grayish tannish. This one looks like a <laughs> testicle. <laughs> So yeah, the vast majority of this episode takes place in uh, two sets. Yes. Uh, because like the whole B story is actually the courtroom drama between the colonists making their case and the IMC making their case with the master like fucking overseeing it like a judge. Yeah. And I I couldn't care less. And then they were explaining stuff about the history of the aliens. I was like, God, I, God, I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah. Not even a little. And then the little the teeny tiny little alien leader comes in and it's basically just like, yeah, you guys are supposed to be like killed for coming here, but it's like, whatever, just don't come back. Yeah. I was like, but why, why not just kill them? If that's the rule? I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me. They just like the doctor's vibe. I I guess. Which to be fair, if I met the colonists too, I also probably would have killed them on site. (laughs) I will admit that in episode one, I was kind of interested in the colony, like their 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 political situation, like their dwindling resources and stuff. Like I I was vaguely interested. I was like, okay, I kind of want to see where this goes. By this point, I was so bored out of my fucking mind. I did not care. And like the master is judging over this dispute. So it's like, so this dispute is irrelevant because whatever the master's up to is what the actual focus is going to be. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about this court proceeding. Yeah, it just, none of it matters. 
And, and like again, it doesn't matter in the end because everything just kind of goes to hell, and it's just the master and the doctor facing off anyway. So yeah, all of this is pointless, 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 pointless. And uh, I think that the writers kind of forget that the the locals are telepathic, or maybe they don't fully understand what that means because the doctor and Joe are being held in a cell and the doctor's plan is to distract him so that they'll be able to escape. And I'm like, you shouldn't be able to like the alien should be able to tell that you're trying to plan an escape and then just not do what you're trying to get him to do. But they seem to have forgotten that they're telepathic <laughs> so that the doctor does like an actual stage magician thing to make, to like make him look the other way and then knock him out. But the doctor's got like, telepathy blockers or something if i at all had any sort of confidence that they remembered that time lords are also vaguely telepathic i would agree with you (laughs) (laughs) but i know for a fact they don't remember that (laughs) i actually do like the the design of the alien leader though like he almost looks like a like a fetus in a religious robe yeah, I think that's a good way of describing it. I, I, I kind of like his design, honestly. <laughs> it creeped me out a little bit. Like, when it moved his tiny hand, I was like, stop. stop don't do stop, that don't. again. I don't want to look at that. <laughs> tiny little hand reaches over and just gently caresses Caleb's cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the da- the doctor comes in and says, sorry, guys, what did I miss? What the fuck is he doing here? (laughs) And I I love the the look the master has, because the master has no idea that the doctor is here at all. So he's just, like, minding his own business, being like, I'm so going to scam all these people. Then looks up and just casually sees the doctor and just, like, his eyes widen. And he's like, okay, well, this has given me a lot to think about. Let me just get my papers in order. I'm just going to head out now. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's without a doubt the best moment of the entire story. But then they they do go into like a side room and I love this exchange because the doctor's calling him out for um for being the adjudicator and uh <laughs> the master says, "Oh, I think you'll find my credentials are immaculate. Forged, of course. Oh, of course. But immaculate." <laughs> but immaculate. That is the most classic master response. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I feel like I've had this criticism for every single one of the master's plans, but it really feels like he just added a couple of steps. If the master wants whatever is in the native city, the that doomsday weapon, why didn't he just land there and try to take it? Why, why is he involving the colony at all? Why is he getting involved in this in the slightest? He could just land and shoot everybody who gets in his way. With his fancy little wand. Thing. Yeah. Uh, and I'll respond with the counter-argument I give you every single time. He's playing such advanced 4D-level chess, you can't even comprehend what he's doing. It looks stupid to you. Very <laughs> complex intelligence stuff going on. Right, I forgot. I forgot about the, the Master's 4D chess. I, I will just, just a heads up, I will continue to forget about the Master's 4D chess. And, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Yep. All right. Episode 5. After the gunfight ends, Ash shames David for jumping the violence. The doctor calls the master an imposter, but he is adamant that he has the proper credentials. Joe and the doctor decide to sneak onto the master's TARDIS. He discovers that the master is there searching for something, but it isn't clear what yet. The master releases a gas that knocks the two out. 
When the doctor wakes, the master tells him that he needs his help to get into the alien city. He says he will release a toxic gas that will kill Joe if he doesn't comply. More violence breaks out between the IMC and colonists. The doctor and the master make their way toward the city. Caldwell and Morgan make their way to the master's TARDIS and break in. Seeing this, the master decides to release the toxic gas, which would kill them all. Worth knowing that like upwards of like half of this episode is just fighting and Listen, I love shooting and violence as much as the next guy, but holy shit, can this just be four episodes instead? Uh, eventually, when we get like an audience, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have people listening to this podcast, and they're like, they they complain when they stand around and talk. They complain when there's a whole bunch of fighting. <laughs> there's there's no pleasing these people. <laughs> now you're catching on. <laughs> Uh, it's a balancing act, people. It's 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 a very it's very complex, but you you know good dialogue and action when you see it. <laughs> this is not it. You just have to trust us. We're the experts here. We are the experts, obviously. The Doctor and Joe get to the Master's TARDIS, and um, they they open up the door, and the Doctor notes that there's like a laser tripwire at the door. So instead of just like stepping over the beam. They instead instead get down on the floor and just like wiggle, 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 wiggle across the floor underneath <laughs> the laser. I'm like, feel like that's you're using more muscles than you need, but okay. The doctor just wanted to show off his sick limbo skills. <laughs> and then they get into the master's TARDIS, and I love that he just has filing cabinets there. I just, I love that. <laughs> You know, he has to organize all these master plans he has. <laughs> I've gone through all of my evil schemes from A to Y. <laughs> <laughs> Joe completely forgets about the trip tripwire. She forgets all about the wiggling and she activates the tripwire. And the master activates like sleeping gas. And he wakes up the doctor and then he like takes Joe captive. And the doctor's, I forget what the doctor says exactly. But he says something along the lines of, don't you have an original bone in your body? Uh, as he's taking Joe captive. And the master replies with, tried and true methods are the best. And I'm like, you've lost at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe try Maybe doing something else. <laughs> yes, but it's not the capturing Joe part that caused him to fail. It was the other parts. <laughs> yeah, it was all the other parts. Yeah, and then I just note that it's a hot potato script and I'm fucking bored. Yeah, and it's just a bunch of people shooting at things off screen and... I don't understand like now that uh, I think IMC has like keyed into the fact that the master is not the actual adjudicator and so since there is no authority from Earth that's actually holding a trial they hold the trial and so they put the colonists on trial to try and find legal means of getting the colonists off the planet and I'm like why what line them up against the wall and shoot them all in the head and then just like if anybody asks and no one will if anybody asks just say oh yeah they didn't want us to land and they attacked our ship so we just attacked out of self-defense who's going to question that no one anyone who would question it is dead because you shot them when you lined them up against the wall i don't understand why they're going through the whole trial thing it's really dumb yeah, I didn't either. And again, at this point, I'm on the side of the evil corporation. At this point, I've been like, well, we won. It's time to bulldoze these fucking people. <laughs> get, on, get on with our business. And if anyone asks, I'll just say they were they were like that when I got here. Yeah, like I'm not pro mega corporations, 
I am, however, anti these colonists specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mac. Finally, you've joined my side. On this episode of Is Mac Okay with Genocide? <laughs> There's plenty of humans in the galaxy. This doesn't count as a genocide. It's a, it's a kerfuffle. <laughs> <laughs> Is Mac Okay with Kerfuffles? <laughs> the IMC guys get into the Master's TARDIS and about to rescue Joe... And uh, Master's like, I warned you, Doctor. And then he just like does the classic like super slow finger to the button to activate the gas. And just like, just I know we're I know we're doing a cliffhanger thing right now, but just just press it, just push the fucking just button. Press the button. <laughs> uh, I I think the Master's secretly a masochist. He's like, Oh, Doctor, you better stop me. You better use your Venusian Aikido on me before I press this button. <laughs> He's just like Megamind. He's just like, <laughs> he would thwart my plans. I would almost thwart his. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm reading episode six. Do now. it. The Doctor and Master fight, but they are captured by the aliens. Joe explains who the Master really is and where he has gone to Caldwell and Morgan. The Doctor and the Master look at the pictorial history of the aliens, and the Master explains they developed a, they developed a doomsday weapon he wants to get his hands on. With it, he can rule the universe. When they discover the weapon, they are confronted by the teeny tiny alien leader, who explains that the weapon's radiation eroded their civilization. The Doctor wants to destroy it, but the Master wants to use it. The alien leader says he is undeserving of the weapon and opts to destroy it. The Master and the Doctor rush to escape the underground city. They are captured by IMC, but the remaining colonists shoot and capture them. The Master escapes in the aftermath. With the IMC driven off, the colonists are free to continue building the colony with the Doctor's help. Too bad the Doctor has already yeeted himself back to Earth and to a very annoyed Brigadier Leatherstrips. I think this might actually be the least I've ever had to say about a final episode. The possible exception being the Space Pirates. I don't know. You'll have to check. But okay, so IMC loads the colonists onto their one working rocket ship, knowing full well that it's not space worthy. But Ash like takes off in the rocket ship and then the rocket ship explodes. But he was the actually the only one on board. Ha ha ha. It's like a reverse Trojan horse. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and there was a like sniper or a scout or somebody who's like keeping an eye on the ship, making sure that the colonists were going to get on it. And David had snuck up behind him and just like starting to wrestle him and like trying to take him out. And they like get into a mud wrestling match because they're because it's just like a muddy hill that they're on. And I'm like, you can add as much mud as you want. That's not going to suddenly make the fighting good because this wrestling match sucks. <laughs> mm -hmm. I could just say they did a hand-to-hand -hand combat in Doctor Who. Your brain can fill in the rest, listener. Yep. Literally, like, I should I should have thought about it, didn't I? I thought about just skimming over it. I was like, oh, okay, they're fighting. Ten seconds, ten seconds, ten seconds, ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How does Joe get away? How does Joe not get gassed? The Doctor of Venusian Aikido's the master before he presses the button. Oh, is that what is that what he did? Yeah. Okay, I genuinely could not remember. It's like, did the IMC guys manage to get Joe out of there? Or I don't remember. I do almost respect the fact that the master has kind of moved his scope up in the world. Because he no longer wants to, like, rule Earth. Now he wants to be, like, a god with just this planet buster this galaxy buster weapon and just rule the entire universe with an iron fist uh so i respect 
I respect the hustle. I will also say, maybe actually successfully conquer a world before you move up to galaxies. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> you gotta scale up, Master. Yeah, you, you gotta get some seed money. <laughs> you gotta you gotta build yourself a nest egg, and then you build up, build up, build up, build up. <laughs> I also like how the, the doctor he's silent. He's like, "We'll be gods. We'll rule the universe." And the little alien is just like, fuck you. No, you won't. And then from what I can tell, he just like uses. I'm not honestly sure what happens. Maybe maybe my memory is failing me. Maybe they just did a really bad job of expressing it. But like, doesn't he just like make the master just like freeze in place? Yeah. For a second, because then he talks to the doctor and he's like, he doesn't deserve the super mega galaxy buster weapon. And the doctor's like, you should destroy it. In a way that isn't going to blow up the galaxy, I guess. And he's like, the best I can do is just destroying our ruined city. And the doctor's like, I'm okay with that. The doctor's like, well, I'm not doing it, so it's okay. (laughs) It's really important to note that he and the master are running away, and all the aliens are running into the city, actively genociding themselves. (laughs) It's very strange. The doctor's just like, I I can't be held responsible at this point. Just like, at all. (laughs) So, c- getting to the finale, is Caleb okay with genocide? The answer is, they did it to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really be mad about it. I also appreciate the fact that they've had, like, three, maybe four sets, if you count the TARDIS, um, in this entire story. And then you see where they where they put all of the budget. Because when the Doctor and the Master escape from the ruined city, it fucking blows up. with a huge very well done very real explosion that caused an actual avalanche and i'm like well there's the budget (laughs) (laughs) that's the money shot (laughs) dr master i think joe joe there i don't know yeah i think the hot potato was tossed over there at some point anyway and they're being held at gunpoint from the imc guys then the colonists crest over the hill and shout, drop those guns. I'm like, don't shout, drop the guns, you idiot. It's called a sneak attack. Fucking shoot, shoot them, them when they're not looking at you. This is why the colonists deserve to lose. Because <laughs> I, I wish they'd said that and the IMC just turned around and just wiped them out. <laughs> but they didn't. And then they wanted the doctor to help. And he was like, well, bye. I've actually already left. Yeah, because the the fact that the super weapon was like underneath the ground was what was causing the crops to fail. That that's what they implied. And so the doctor's like, I've already helped you. Like, fuck off. I'm not I'm not doing everything for you. I'm not gonna hold your hand. The doctor also doesn't stand around and help people. Right? May may I uh address you back to the Makra Terror, where he just does the <laughs> highland shuffle and yeets himself away from responsibility they're like yeah that sounds like really boring and a lot of work actually i'm just gonna go back to leather strips (laughs) yeah it's like i hate staying in one place and having responsibilities and joe's like aren't you the scientific advisor for unit and doctor's like yes oh my god (laughs) (laughs) don't remind me speaking of which a doctor gets back into his tardis they materialize and then they appear back where they were just a couple of seconds into the future from the Brigadier's perspective. And uh, and Brigadier says, well, 
that was a short trip. And I was like, it wasn't. It really, really really wasn't. And that's that fucking episode. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time that Brigadier's ever actually seen the TARDIS dematerialize and rematerialize? I don't know. I don't know if he's... No, he saw it last episode when the Doctor was like, fuck all y'all, peace. Okay, never mind. I, and he technically saw the Doctor dematerialize in Inferno, right? So, was it Inferno? Because, like, there's one part where, like, they're they're walking into his shop and, like, they just see him dematerialize with the TARDIS console? Yes. Yeah, I was trying to remember if the Brigadier was there. Because I know Liz saw him. I couldn't remember if the Brigadier was with her. I don't know, but he's not shocked by it at he's all. He's not shocked by it at this point. Yeah, okay. But yeah, there's Colleen's face. Woo. Did you have any more notes? Not particularly. We can do final thoughts. Well, I, I do have some trivia. So the director, Michael Bryant. Okay, we barely touched on him. I think we mentioned him like twice in the recap and not at all when we were actually talking about the episode. But there was like a head of security for the IMC named Morgan. And uh, director Michael Bryant originally cast uh, Susan Jameson as Morgan. But he was overruled by higher ups because they didn't want a woman in that type of level of authority being shown as it, quote, wouldn't be appropriate for a family audience. Boo. But because she was already signed on to play that role before this decision was made, she was still paid full salary as if she had played the part. Very cool. (laughs) Bryant was absolutely fucking pissed about this uh, because he really wanted Susan Jameson to play the role. And he said that the decision was, quote, unenlightened and sexist so we stand michael bryant <laughs> okay so yeah michael bryant cool guy like him the writer malcolm hulk originally envisioned the imc robot as more humanoid rather than like the war machines so i'm guessing he was pretty disappointed when he saw the final design <laughs> <laughs> in, in episode we didn't even touch on this like at all um in episode one when the doctor is still on in unit brigadier is talking about how he's going to he's still trying to hunt down the master and the doctor's like the master's long fucking gone you're not going to hunt him down and the brigadier says that he nearly arrested the spanish ambassador on suspicion of being the master um and this was an in joke as roger delgado had played mendoza the spanish envoy to elizabeth the court in the movie sir francis drake uh. so he had actually played a spanish ambassador before and that was that was the joke uh. and that's trivia okay final thoughts meh uh, it needed to be four parts. It's the most meh uh, that Third Doctor's had, I think. It could have been better. It could have been interesting. Has interesting concepts. Did not execute on any of them, even remotely well. Um, it's not the worst episode. No, Cla- Claws of Axos is still the worst. Yep, yeah, that would still be the worst. But it is, it is continuing a trend of just kind of... Eh. And while I like the Third Doctor, like the personality John Pertwee brings to it... I do think structurally the second Doctor is getting ahead. Yes. Again, I was having difficulty remembering what what happened in the episode right when I got done watching it. It's weird that the Master was set up at the very tippy top and didn't actually get introduced until episode four of six. I like the way he was introduced, but like move it up a little bit. Yeah, I was just I was just bored. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but I don't think that this is one that's going to be. I'll, I'll ever really willingly revisit. Like, I'll yeah. probably eventually get this episode on DVD just because I'm trying to, I'm for collecting's sake. 
I'll watch the first episode to make sure that the story that make sure that the DVD works and then probably never touch it again. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly the pick me up I was hoping for after Claws of Axos, but uh, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, just hope for the next one to be better, I guess. I hope so. I know I sound like an optimistic fool every single time I say this, but I do have high hopes for the next one. <laughs> I have high hopes for the next one, he says right before the Claws of Anxious. <laughs> Shots taken moment before in a disaster. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is give it five stars and tell your friends about it. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcast things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram now, at Quick Trip Podcast. You can also check out Mac's YouTube channel, Mac the Math, where he does insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on A Quick Trip Through Space and Time, in which we watch John Pertwee's favorite episode in The Demons. And it's that weird British way of spelling it. So there's an A in it. The Damons. The Damons. Ready to rock? No, but I'm ready to talk about this mediocre episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs>